The following presentation has been prepared by the Video Tax News team for Canadian tax and financial professionals. Program recorded August 25th, 2022. Enjoy! Welcome to the September edition of Life in the Tax Lane, grabbing onto those final days of summer. Joe, you got your summer shorts still on? I do. Well, I'm I'm not going to stand up, but yeah, I'm every chance I get to bare my legs, I'm doing it. Oh my goodness! You have wonderful last days when the weather is nice and the kids yeah. are in school, so they can't ruin it for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get on to a better subject: tax. So we start off with GST, HST. Now, what we had here, interesting case, we had a lawyer who actually uh, enjoyed horses. So he set up a farm where he basically bred and raced horses. That was his thing. And he ended up over nine years losing about $4 million. Now, the question was, he had made all of these expenditures. It was in Ontario, HST. So could he get input tax credits for all these expenditures? Well, he has to have uh, spent the money basically in the course of a commercial activity. How do you do that? Well, you have to demonstrate that there is a reasonable expectation of profit. And you know what this case really came down to? Financial organization. He didn't have good financial statements. He didn't have good financial tools. So when the judge was sort of drilling down, or, or when it came up, I guess, in the case, where were the problems and how are you going to resolve them? He didn't really have the tools there to be able to figure out where the problems were. He was losing all this money. And the concept here is if you can't figure out where the problems are, how could you fix them? And, you know, if, if you didn't even know, did you truly have a reasonable expectation of profit? The judge says no. ITCs were out the window. Hugh, Caitlin? Joe, I've definitely seen cases that are similar, but much better taxpayer facts where they could point to, yes, we lost money in these years because of this factor. And yeah. here's what we did in the subsequent years to address that. Maybe it worked, maybe it didn't, but you can show my intention was commercial and this is how I was going to make money. Uh, well, one thing that can sometimes give us some nice losses that maybe aren't quite so economical is nice, fast, accelerated write-offs of our assets. And uh, I think this next question that was posed to CRA is near and dear to our hearts today because here we sit in the newly renovated Video Tax News studios doing life in the tax lane. How fast do we get to write it off and save taxes? Because we know that over the last few years, we've got some really nice rules for new assets in the year of acquisition getting a fast write-off. And CRA was asked about the accelerated investment incentive property rules that give you a multiple on your first year CCA. We've since then got the immediate expensing rules that have pretty similar requirements for the asset. But the question was, that's supposed to be for new assets. What if I already owned the asset, but I've improved it? I've added on to it. I've enhanced it. I haven't just repaired it because I would have just deducted that. I've made it better, but does that count? And CRA said, well, normally we think that's still one big asset, not the asset you had before and the new addition that you can't differentiate after. But in the spirit of the CCA rules and these accelerations, we'll treat that as a new asset and you can have your accelerated claim the year you bring the renovation or the addition online. So nice uh, move from CRA, a little bit of extra CCA for those entitled. Uh, do you want to claim it? 
Yeah, and that's a good question. Maybe we get trigger happy and we claim it up the wazoo, claim, claim a lot of it. And we think everything's jiminy crickety, everything's good. And then a few years later, you realize, you know what? I should not have maximized those claims a few years back. Can I just retroactively go back and reduce my CCA claim? Well, that's what the Federal Court of Appeal looked at this month. And, and what they found here, and, and basically upheld in, in upholding a tax court decision, is that no, the taxpayer could not go back, retroactively reduce their CCA claim. In this case, it was because the taxpayer wanted to prevent some non-capital losses from non-capital losses from expiring. So what else can we learn here? And when you dig into the Federal Court of Appeals comments, there's lots of interesting nuggets. One thing they said is, and they refer to prior court decisions, they said, okay, if you make a decision to make Make an election to do something. We can't be changing that election unless there's a specific provision in the act allowing us to make that change. And you know what? That decision to claim CCA, I think that's akin to making an election. You chose to do it. You have to own those consequences. So it's going to be interesting to see how this court case could be interpreted by the CRA, interpreted in practice, and whether it may have broader implications. Yeah, and I think, yeah, broader implications, that's key. Anytime you make a discretionary decision about something, you know, it sort of seems like you're a little bit more locked in. Q? Yeah, I would agree, Joe. And uh, unfortunately, in the past, CRA has been pretty lenient about this. So a lot of people figure... Oh yeah, I can just change it later if I feel like it. Mm. Now we're hearing they didn't get to court because CRA let them do it. Yeah. Well, let's move on to the next topic, disability tax credit. Over the last two months, three months, we've had some big changes. We've had law come into place expanding eligibility for it, especially in respect of mental function. Also, life-sustaining therapy, some expansion there. Now, one of the key components to that, which was added later, was uh, those who have type 1 diabetes are now automatically eligible for the DTC as of January 1, 2021. So we've now got an updated app, an updated form that incorporates all of these changes. So you can go ahead and start making those claims now. But if you actually did have type 1 diabetes and um, you, you applied after January 1, 2021, but it wasn't approved, well, CRA is saying, we'll go back and automatically approve you now. You don't have to reapply to do it. So some interesting things coming down the pipe. Kate, you? Joe, we want to talk about interesting things coming down the pipe. Uh, back in the 2021 budget, we had a lot of proposals saying, we're going to give CRA more power to make you interact with them electronically. And as we broadcast through life in the tax lane, well, we like interacting electronically. <laughs> Not everybody does. And now we have draft legislation to implement these proposals uh, came out on August 9th. The good news is it won't come up quite as fast as it was scheduled to, but I think there's going to be some shockers in here for business owners, average taxpayers, and uh, the first one that scares me is starting January 1, 2024, you got to make a payment to CRA. If it's over 10000 bucks. don't cut a check. you got to do this electronically. Could be GST, HST, could be income tax, and I'm a little nervous about the one exception provided in the legislation. The bright line test is, cannot reasonably remit or pay the amount in that matter. Wow, are we going to have arguments over what that means? Hmm. Uh, so electronic banking, wherever possible, uh, 
for those individuals who are allergic to electronic banking, maybe get in front of your MP and let them know you don't like this rule before it ends up in a bill and passed into law. Similarly, and this could come up even faster, is business owners. If you've got a business number, corporate tax, GST, HST, payroll, CRA is going to have the ability to switch all your communications to be electronic through the uh, My Business Account portal. Now, the businesses will be allowed to opt out and go back to paper, but they've got to give 30 days notice. Well, I can't give notice until CRA comes up with the methodology. Hopefully, there'll be a bit of lead time after this gets passed into law before they start making changes. Uh, those businesses who don't like electronics are also going to have to contend with all GST, HST returns being required to be filed electronically, and most slips like T4s and T5s, if you got more than five, for filings after 2023. So getting in front of it before it's passed into law is going to be pretty important if you don't want that to happen. Mm -hmm. Now, we're seeing lots of shifts to electronic remittance, filing, that sort of stuff. Another area where we're seeing a pretty significant legislative change relates to trust reporting. We've talked about this previously. More trusts is proposed. We have draft legislation. More trusts are going to have to file trust returns as well as more information on there. Also included in this August 9th release, we have some amendments to these trust rules. One area we were really looking at in this draft legislation is whether there was any relieving provisions in respect of previous proposed legislation that we need to make disclosures where the trustee acts as an agent for the beneficiary. Any changes in this legislation? No, they are still going to get caught. So it sounds a lot like their trust arrangements, yes, are going to get caught under these filing requirements, and they can be very broad. Uh, the question that we're sometimes asked is, okay, I have a bank account held in trust for my child. Could that get caught? Well, we will see not a lot of guidance from the government yet, but it is an area of significant concern. Also, effective date, still effective for a trust year ends ending after December 30th, 2022. It's going to be a busy spring. Well, that's all we've got time for today. Join us for our tax update sessions in the fall. The Video Tax News team has been providing Canadian accounting professionals with practical tax information for over 40 years. Subscribe to one of our tax newsletters or join us as we present live and pre-recorded seminars relating to both personal and corporate tax. For more information, go to videotax.com. The preceding information is for general information purposes only and deals with dynamic, time-sensitive and complex matters that may not apply to particular facts or circumstances. Information provided should not be relied upon as a substitute for specialized professional advice in connection with any particular matter. For more information, go to videotax.com slash disclaimer. Copyright Video Tax News Inc. 2022. All rights reserved.